So not this past Monday, but the Monday before that, we had the Feast of Theophany, uh, which during uh, the Feast of Theophany, there are actually two appointed uh, great blessings of the water. One of those is done within the church, and then one is done uh, outside. Uh, there's all sorts of variations. Uh, you could have, if we were like at a big monastery, and there was a big well out in the courtyard, we might go out to the courtyard. Um, it's become a big uh, thing here in North America I th- uh, to go out to local bodies of water. And I think some of that is just, uh, we don't get to do processions like they used to, right? Where, you know, you'd have these stational liturgies where you'd be in Constantinople or some of these uh, cities or even smaller cities. And uh, for certain feast days, you would, you know, or times you would, the whole church would you know circle around the city around the churches or go from church to church and do different uh parts of services etc um but we uh go out to local bodies of water and we do uh, a blessing of the water then um this is not the only blessing of the water that the church does um this is the great blessing of the water and it's tied of course with theophany Uh, and all the themes of theophany. I mean, this is the time when you do the great blessing of the water. There are smaller blessings of the water that occur at different times of the the year. Uh, One that immediately comes to mind, at least two that immediately comes to mind. Uh, There's, uh, you can do a smaller blessing of the water around uh, the mid feast of Pentecost. And that whole week or those Sundays around that are all water based, uh, water themed. And so uh, on the Wednesday, of uh, the Feast of Men Pentecost, uh, you can also, after the Divine Liturgy, uh, do a smaller blessing of the water. Uh, it also, can you imagine why you might need smaller blessings of the water? Because you, you run out of holy water, so you need to refresh from time to time. Uh, it is the holy water from Theophany that we do uh, in the church that we then, that's the water that is taken to everyone's house uh, and is used to bless uh, homes. Um, the other uh, smaller blessing of the water that comes to mind, and it just depends, there's all sorts of variations, but uh, August 1st, uh, which is the beginning of the Dormition Fast, there's also uh, a time you can do a procession uh, uh, with a cross because there's a feast of the cross on that day. Uh, and there's also, I believe, there's assigned a smaller blessing of the water that you can do. Uh, Greeks especially like to do Agismos services, so they're doing different things. They'll do a. Um, most, or they'll do uh, uh, the Vasilopita, uh, which is the uh, basil's bread. Um, they'll do that for the first few months, actually, of the year, not just on St. Basil's Day. Um, well, I think mostly because Vasilopita is quite good to eat, but uh, it is also a nice kind of, uh, you'll have like a, a lawyer's association or like the dentists of a city get together and do a Vasilopita. Um, we live in a very different context. <laughs> um, so, as you can see, even in the red here, we have uh, the actions of what's going on. Uh, the, the church, uh, we have hymns as we basically process to wherever we're going to do the water, uh, the blessing of the water. Um, and I'll just read these uh, without uh, tripling and doubling them. As you can see, uh, we do a lot of repetition when we sing. The voice of the Lord upon the waters cries out, saying... Come, all of you, receive the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of the fear of God, of Christ who has appeared. All right, so we, let's just stop there. 
there's already a lot going on in this first hymn. Are there any things that echo any scriptural? What's, what is beautiful about something like the Feast of Theophany is that you get one thread, two thread, three thread, four thread. You start realizing how many echoes and mirroring of scripture and the feast, uh, Old Testament, New Testament comes together. What, is there any Old Testament things here? I mean, there's quite a few actually. That's not a rhetorical question. The voice of the water, Lord upon the waters, is uh, like Genesis. Genesis! The voice of the Lord upon the waters. What is happening in Genesis? The spirit is hovering. hovering. Now we have the voice of the Lord upon the waters cries out. Who is the voice of the Lord? Is that Jesus? Who speaks at Theophany? The Father. The Father speaks, right? What does the Father say? Behold, this is... Behold, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, quoting from Psalms. So we already have, why would, why would we have an allusion to creation and the spirit hovering over the water? It's recreation. Recreation. What, what happens at Theophany? Theophany is already the beginning of the recreation, the movement of recreation uh, of Christ, right? We already have him come in the flesh. We now have him coming and he's going into the depths of the water. He's fulfilling all righteousness, as he tells John, because John is kind of like, what are you doing? (laughs) And why are you doing this? And who am I to do this? He has all the questions. Um, uh, Then you come, come all of you receive the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of the fear of God, of Christ who has appeared. Now we're going to go, so we have a creation account, and now we're actually in a different section of the Old Testament, I would suggest. What about Proverbs? There's a lot of calling on the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is seeking this. And a woman, it's a, it's a woman, right? Who is out in the square, who's crying out, Come all you who seek wisdom, the fear of the Lord. Come in and we will set. This is then eventually where we, for, um, for the Marian feast, where we'll have wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, and the seven pillars, and all the readings that we have for the Theotokos where she, in, in some senses, is um, not an incarnation of wisdom, but she, uh, if Christ is wisdom incarnate, the Theotokos is as close to wisdom, and uh, she embodies what the wisdom of the world is supposed to be about, right? She is um, what creation uh, going aright is. Um, so we have here a creation account, and then we have a, a wisdom of the voice of the spirit of, of God saying, come all of you receive the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of the fear of God, of Christ who has appeared. Wisdom, understanding, fear of God. Any thoughts? We, and just in general, you don't have to say like, I know Jeremiah 5 says, that's, that's okay. You don't have to do that. I don't know what Jeremiah 5 says off the top of my head. Confessions with Father Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think it's uh, the repetition is aspects of kind of the same reality, right? Wisdom, understanding, and the fear of God. What is the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. Any Church of Christ boy will know that, right, Leo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all of this, the voice uh, on the waters crying out that all of you, uh, this also come uh, Isaiah, this is uh, another of the uh, Messianic, come all you who are thirsty uh, and drink. Uh, this is all the Messianic language of uh, later Isaiah. Uh, you have, and it's all around, of course, the appearance of Christ. I mean, the entire Traparia, if you want to, like, if you always want to know what is this feast about, you go to the Traparia, you're going to get everything. The, the basic threads of the feast are going to be in the Traparia, the Traparia of the feast. And the entire theophany, I mean, even the name theophany, God's revelation, Christ has revealed himself. He's enlightened the world and he's enlightened the world because he's shown himself, but also who the, fa the father and the spirit, right? He's shown uh, what we believe to be uh, the father, son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God. And the next uh, hymn today, the nature of the waters is made holy and Jordan is parted and holds back the flow of its waters as it sees the master washing himself. There's a lot going on in this one too. I won't make us go over every single hymn, but I sometimes it just to sit with some of these hymns and try to pull at the threads and see what's going on is very instructive. So we have this idea that the nature of water is going to be made holy. And we also have this idea of kind of Jordan. As we'll see in the prayers of... Uh, in just a minute, the kind of concert, consecration that we're actually going to see. Um, we talk about the make this into the Jordan. Now, are we talking about that we want the muddy river from Israel, Jordan, that we're asking this water to become Jordan water, that somehow angels are going to go over with buckets from Jordan and come over here and replace this water? That's not what we're asking, right? What, what are we asking? Or what are we talking about? Because this is not asking. This is stating facts. Today, the nature of waters is made holy. It's another thing. It's a fact statement. It's not a request. It's just this is what's happening. I don't. I don't know. Does it mean like? Uh, oh, there's Mike. I didn't. Uh, Micah has yeah, appeared. Back here. <clears throat> does, it, does it mean because like we, we believe that when Jesus was baptized in Jordan, he sanctified the waters so that everyone who would be baptized afterward would be regenerated. Right. Um, so does that mean like sanctify these waters just like you sanctify those waters? Yeah, I think there's an element here. It's it's naming a particular event. So we talk, it's naming a particular event that happened in the life of Christ and him coming and being baptized in the River Jordan and what that particular event in history, then the ramification, the eternal ramifications that that event has. Uh, there's aspects where we talk about all the feasts. Uh, we talk about, for example, this this particular hymn. Today the nature of the waters is made holy. I mean, how many hymns, all of our feasts, we say, today whatever the major thing of the feast is happening is happening, right? Today Christ is born. Today Christ is nailed on the cross. Today, and we don't sing those hymns on other days, but we say it on the, on the kind of commemorative annual event that we do that on. Um, 
In the same way that we say, make this to be your body, make this to be the, what's in this cup to be your precious blood, there is, uh, but it's not, I, I kind of want to emphasize, this is not, there's not an eternal Jordan as much as there is, the reason why it's Jordan is because Christ came as a historical, uh, introduced himself into the streams of history, <laughs> streams of history, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that was happening, uh, and has found solidarity as fully uh, human such that when we are blessing water somewhere else, we're talking about the waters that he was baptized in, which would be Jordan. There's now Jordan gets made eternal because of the particular historical moment when he stepped into those waters with his cousin, John, and he was baptized. Jenny, do you have a question? I, I, I mean, I don't know. This is a comment. I'm, this may be way out on the field, but because uh, I just think that way sometimes. But like, because uh, I'm not a mother, and I think when, when I, I just my impression is a mother, you know, bathing her baby, and and you know, um, you know, the mother of God bathing, you know, Jesus. I don't know. Well, it do, it do, it doesn't. I I like the piety that you're bringing. It's not in the hymn, but you do have a sense of uh, holds back the flow of its waters as it sees the master washing himself. You have, uh, and this is another element that we see in our in a lot of our hymnody that, and you see in the Psalms, and it's a scripture too. That creation itself is involved with the act that's happening. Creation kind of gets anthropomorphized. So Jordan is parted. And it holds back. So Jordan is watching the master uh, wash himself. Uh, it's just this interesting way of uh, showing how um, creation, uh, we see this theophany, uh, uh, sorry, not theophany, but transfiguration. Um, we always have, and this is even, I have a very distinct memory. Uh, when the covenant is made with Israel, uh, they had witnesses that were taken of the covenant. And who, who are the witnesses of the covenant? Which covenant? Uh, that you have in the Old Testament, the Heaven beginning. And Heaven and earth. He, Moses actually addresses the heavens and the earth like, like he speaks to them. Right. Although he doesn't think he's actually talking to the person. Right. But there's this, uh, and then when you get to Isaiah, who are the ones who come and witness against uh, Israel? Heavens and earth. In the same way that you get the donkey and the ox know the uh, where our Lord is, but we don't, that, that they know better. So that uh, it's kind of a rhetorical flair, right? Creation knows who God is, and you're supposed to be the apex, the pinnacle of creation, and you don't know who God is? <laughs> like, uh, like, you made this, you're supposed to lead? I mean, this is, it's like the inverse of Genesis. Like, creation, the, the height of creation is supposed to be man and woman. And what you get is the, the creation witnessing and saying, like, you're not doing a very good job. <laughs> uh, please do better. Uh, I know we're going to have to wait for God to actually make things right. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah. Okay, so the Jordan holds back. And so the flow of waters, that reminds me of the crossing of the children of Israel into the promised land. Yes. So that's just like a whole new life for them. So one of the symbols of baptism that is uh, is Exodus, right? 
<laughs> baptism totally, I mean, you can take almost every aspect of the Exodus account uh, where Pharaoh uh, and all of his writers who are destroyed when the waters come back, that that is uh, Satan and his minions, the, the de- demonic hosts that are destroyed uh, in the flood, uh, the water coming back to its spot. It's also, they walk on a uh, dry path with God leading them. And what is Moses doing the entire time that they're going through the Red Sea? He's doing this. So, holding the back. Uh, yeah, in the sign of a crucifix. Yeah. Uh, he even has people helping him hold up his hands because it gets tired, tiring after a while. <laughs> Uh, so all of this uh, then transposes itself. So we've talked about creation. We've talked about wisdom, literature. Like what does it uh, mean uh, to seek wisdom? And now we also then, now we get Exodus. We get God's salvation uh, and that the waters are going to be made holy. What else happened with water? Very early on. Yes, in the Bible. Yes. Well, yes, we, we're, we've been there. Um, now we're past the spirit hovering over the water. Okay. We have the flood. Okay. Exodus is also a kind of uh, 2.0 flood, right? <laughs> because you get uh, the same cleansing element uh, that the flood was to have on the face of the earth. You have the righteous remnant that makes it through in the ark. Uh, who goes through to the promised land, who then are to recultivate uh, the new land. When What is that uh, land flowing with milk and honey? Or uh, after the flood you get that they make wine because they're retaking over Eden in a way. So you have these kind of restarts in the same way that Theophany is then, uh, the baptism of our Lord is drawing on all of these elements of creation, new creation, uh, seeking the fulfillment of what the the ordering of all of creation is supposed to be like uh, in worshiping God, um, the that the nature of the world is supposed to be something transparent to who God is for the sake of mankind as well. That's actually part of our responsibility is to name things and to offer them up to God. So um, let's continue reading. I want us to let the. You're welcome at some point, I, for the sake of time, because I'm going to go about 30 or 35 more minutes. Um, I, we could probably sit here. Uh, there's a reason why all the readings are from Isaiah. So we have the prophecy uh, read from Isaiah. Uh, so again, here we have what we were just talking about. That says, Lord, as you that thirst, go for water. So you have n- make, make your way and buy. Another reading, draw out from Isaiah, draw out water with gladness from the wells of salvation. So let's hit the the Prochemenon. The Lord is my, forget about enlightenment. The Lord is my light and my savior. Whom shall I fear? So obviously we have quoted there for us that it's from Psalm 26. Why why is this the Prochemenon? The Lord is my light and my savior. Of whom shall I fear? Explain briefly what Pokemon is. Oh, a Pokemon. Yeah, no, 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 no. I love it. What is a Pokemon? David asked, what is a Pokemon? He didn't ask exactly that, but he, he asked to exp- explain. Well, 
He, you know what a procubitant <clears throat> is in the sense of like, in the service on, yeah. you know where it comes. Yeah. So procubitant, if I'm remembering correctly, the Greek, it's basically uh, the thing before the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how many jokes I talk about, like, here's this vestment that I wear, it's the thing around my neck. And here's this thing, it's the thing around my, you know, there's a lot of those Greek words. But the Berkimenon is um, just the, uh, the psalms that you would read before the epistle reading. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church has the same thing, right? So you have... We don't call it the Kimenon. Right, what do you call it? <laughs> right. So what you have is basically select psalms that are read. Uh, they then got shortened over time and then thematicized and they're like... If you the Procumenon for the Apostles, for example, uh, their proclamation has gone out into all the world. Uh, you, the the the, uh, the Virgin Mary has. Um, oh my goodness! Why am I forgetting the Procumenon for the Marian feast? Incline thine ear and hearken. I, I forget. It's every Marian feast has the same Procumenon. Um, every theme of a particular saint has a particular Procumenon associated with that type of saint. So when it's a, a, a hierarch or a bishop, they'll have a particular procumenon, etc. Um, just like you might have noticed that there is a basic, if you have a kind of, this, this sounds bad to say, a basic martyr. Uh, they have a basic martyr traparion that you basically put their name in and it's the same uh, traparion for mo- almost all martyrs unless they're a great martyr. Um, the Procumenon is basically just psalmody that's done before the epistle. Uh, yes, Michael? Yeah, what would the difference between a martyr and a great martyr be? Mm, greater uh, veneration. Demetrius is a great <clears throat> martyr. George is a great martyr. Uh, Tatiana of Rome is not a great martyr. So just people who are really well known? Pretty much. Just like how did Nicholas get up with the apostles on Thursday? Because it's St. Nicholas. There's just a great, like, if you're, if you're going to talk about, like, the veneration is just very, very high. And, jo- like, George. I mean, it's just some of these, uh, George is, vener- Muslims and, and um, will come for feast days of St. George in Lebanon and Syria because they recognize that there's something about St. George. So, um, so he just, he just. Why, why say Seraphim Masrab of all of the saints that we've had in the 19th and 20th century of Russia why is Seraphim Masarov, uh there's a few reasons but like he just became there's certain saints that I don't want to say they blow up I don't know, they, get, they just get very popular so um, the liturgy the reader will see the Procumenon right the Procumenon on the third tone the Lord is my luck uh-huh. And then he calls on us to sing the Procumenon in the fifth tone or whatever. Is that then a Procumenon for the gospel? No, it's an Alleluia. The Procumenon in the epistle, then the Alleluia. The Alleluia in the fourth tone, Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. And then you do verses. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. It's okay. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Look. Procumenon epistle, Alleluia. Uh, well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> there's the rumors. <laughs> so, uh, the Lord is my light. Here's another theme that we get. Uh, theophany is about enlightenment. In the early church, baptism was 
uh, called the Enlightenment. Uh, Christians are called the Enlightened Ones, and we don't mean here like Buddha Enlightenment, but we mean that God has revealed himself uh, and has shown forth his light. And uh, I mean, we sing like this, and we have seen the true light. We sing in the liturgy, for example. Micah. Oh, is that the same thing as like, uh, I remember like toward Lent, uh, when I was a catechumen, uh -huh. you were praying prayers about being like the, those who are soon to be illuminated. Or yes. Illumined. Yep. That's the same thing. And we'll say newly illumined as the name for those who have been recently baptized and chrismated. Um, so, and you can see how all this Christ is the illumination, the light of the world. He's come, he's enlightened, he's revealed himself. Those who also then are baptized in the same likeness of him are also going to be enlightened. Uh, and this also, Mark will remember this, the Prochemenon at a baptism, <clears throat> the Lord is my light and my savior of whom shall I fear? Out right here, Father. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I... I'm almost certain. Oh, at a baptism. At a baptism. Yeah, yeah I think the Lord right. is my light, right? Which is the same yeah, 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 yes, 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 for human on that we do for the great blessing of the water. The yes. you will notice, and this is something oh, for. Uh, is it? I love the, you remember. You remember the melody more than you even yeah, remember yeah. the words, right? Because that's yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> uh, da 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 da. <laughs> the uh, so yeah, Logan. Sorry, it was the prokemenon, then the what, then the epistle reading. Uh, Prokemenon, an epistle, and then a hallelujah. It's always the form. Yep. Um, so the the Prokemenon is thematic, uh, or it'll follow a tone. Uh, and you can see, for example, we, we did a Prokemenon tonight, which is in a different setting, in a Vesper setting. So it's not uh, in this setting, but it's still just psalmody. And it follows uh, the, the basic theme of Vespers. If you want to look for a theme of Vespers, is basically uh, God has ordered the universe and I need to repent. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's just kind of gospel, uh, but in a different kind of light. I mean, all, most of the prayers, the hymnody is very, everything is very penitential and about coming to the end of things and reflecting on what has happened and then God preserved me. Like the, the prayer at the bowing of the heads, I think summarizes the kind of the themes of Vespers um, that we want uh, his guarding uh, at night as well. Uh, so we have uh, in the reading of the epistle, we have the Alleluia, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters, the God of glory uh, thundered upon the waters. We have a very short reading from the gospel. Then we have the litanies, I'm going through these faster because I, re I really want us to go through the big prayer of consecration. David, do you have? No, sir. Okay. I just see your hand. So. That's just me. Uh, these are basic uh, litanies here. You can tell that this came from England or Canada. You can see what I <laughs> Our sovereign lady, Queen Elizabeth. We do not say that here. She is not our sovereign. That's sure I was. Uh, so we have the basic these are all the basic same prayers and then we get here and we start getting different uh, litanies for this water to be sanctified by the power and operation and visitation of the Holy Spirit for there to come down upon these waters the cleansing operation of the Trinity beyond all being so let's just stop there uh, well actually let's come back to that remember in your head Trinity beyond all being with a question mark 
because you probably should have a question mark as to what that would mean. Um, for there to be given them the grace of redemption, the blessing of Jordan, for us to be enlightened with the enlightenment of knowledge and... Tr- Whoa. Sorry. I moved things. Yeah, I didn't realize it was in an edit mode. Sorry about that. Um, for us to be enlightened with the enlightenment and knowledge and true religion through the visitation of the Holy Spirit. For this water to become a gift of sanctification, a deliverance from sins, a healing of soul and body for every suitable purpose. For this water to become water springing up to eternal life. For this water to be shown to be inverting of every assault of visible and invisible enemies. What is this? What do these litanies sound like? We've heard these litanies in another service. Baptism. baptism. It's the same basic litanies from the baptism service that we do here. Uh, except for, for those who draw from it and take from it for the sanctification of their homes. That is not in the baptism service. <laughs> for it to be the cleansing of souls and bodies for those who draw from it with faith and for, who partake of it. That's not in the baptism service. Uh, for us to be kind of worthy to be filled with sanctification through communion of these waters by the invisible manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's a lot of Holy Spirit uh, going on here. Why so much Holy Spirit? Besides, obviously, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But why the emphasis on the Holy Spirit? He came at his baptism. He came at his baptism as a dove. What are we about to do? In not right now, but in this service, (laughs) what what are you preparing (laughs) to do? You're going to go home, right? (laughs) What are we preparing to do? What is the what is the name of the service? So we're sanctifying the water, right? Right. So what, why would we be calling down the Holy Spirit? What's the Holy Spirit that does it? The Holy Spirit is going to sanctify it, right? In the same way that we consecrate the body and blood, we are talking about consecration of water here. So we're going to be talking about constantly the calling down of the Holy Spirit to manifest, to make known, to uh, be understood that what this is, uh, what the water truly is. And the Holy Spirit is represented by fire, right? Uh, at Pentecost. At Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit gets uh, a lot of different ways of talking about the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, in Theophany, it's alighting as a dove. Okay. Um, I thought it was interesting Vladika's message about the water and how how dangerous or evil the yes. water was thought upon by the Israelites. Yep. And I thought, oh God, I didn't realize that. Yep. That's probably when, you, in the boat. Yeah, <laughs> when you're reading the Psalms and they're talking about how scary the water is, it's it's because they had small boats <laughs> and the Mediterranean was a very big place and that's pretty scary stuff. I listen to a lot of Jonathan Pajot uh-huh. and Jonathan often talk, talks about how when he gets to water he always talks about you know, remember water is the ancient symbol for chaos. Right. It's the ancient symbol for chaos and that has helped me an awful lot. Yep. Even, even in this because you know, Christ is descending into chaos and he's rising up above it and he's blessing it above it. He's making order out of chaos. Exactly. It's order out. It's, it's literally logos out of chaos. Yep. Yeah. So while this litany is happening, especially of his uh, deacon, which we now have, uh, I can now do my private prayer without having to fit it in somewhere else. This is a, a priestly prayer that is done silently to the priest's self. Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, who are in the bosom of the Father, true God, source of light and immortality. Light from light, who came into the world to enlighten it, flood our mind with light by your Holy Spirit, and accept us as we bring you praise and thanksgiving for your wondrous, mighty works from every age, and for your saving dispensation in these last times. But if you clothe yourself in our weak and beggared matter, 
and coming down to the measure of our servitude, king of all, you accepted also to be baptized in the Jordan by the hand of a servant, so that having sanctified the nature of the waters, you, the sinless one, might make a way for our rebirth through water and spirit and reestablish us in our original freedom. As we celebrate the memory of this divine mystery, we entreat you, master, lover of mankind, sprinkle on us, your unworthy servants, cleansing water in accordance with your divine promise, the gift of your compassion, that the request of us sinners over this water may become acceptable by your goodness, and that through it your blessing to be granted to us and all your faithful people to the glory of your holy venerated name. For to you belong all glory, honor, and worship with your Father who is without beginning, the holy, good, and life-giving Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Uh, this prayer uh, is, as we, when we're looking at the anaphora in uh, the Divine Liturgy, and we noticed uh, uh, the anaphora is addressed to God the Father. Uh, and now we have in this prayer a specific prayer directed uh, specifically to Jesus Christ. Uh, that as he is the focus of the feast and is the light, so we're asking him to uh, lighten us uh, and uh, to bring us uh, into the mystery of Jordan. Any comments or questions? I just really love that. Of the, of the kind of silent prayers, that's one of my... The baptismal one is, uh, uh, is not as... This is just pretty. <laughs> this has a lot of good theological uh, meatiness. The, if I remember correctly, the, the prayer uh, uh, the um, before baptism is pretty much, I'm really sinful and I'm not worthy to do this, which is true, but it's not as theologically potent as this prayer. Logan? What does anaphora mean? Anaphora means uh, giving up, giving back. So uh, the anaphora <clears throat> is the, uh, the prayer that is the uh, the whole section of the liturgy from beginning with uh, let's attend um, that we may offer the holy oblation and peace a mercy of peace a sacrifice of praise and the priest comes out the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that whole arc is the the anaphora the, the offering up of the bread and wine to become the body and blood of Christ through the invocation of the Holy Spirit so why is the anaphora to the Father but this is to the Son because well this isn't an anaphora prayer well, I know it's not an anaphora prayer, but I mean, there's got to be a theological distinction there. Uh, I th I, I, my guess would be because theophany mm -hmm. has at its center Christ as the light and Christ as the center point of the revelation of the Trinity, that that's what the prayer is addressed. That would be my okay. guess. Okay. I'm just trying to understand why we pray to the Father sometimes. Is Christ. anything done with oil? Like, like this? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously this is water. So we have a sacrament of holy unction where we do a lot of prayers. Okay. And it's a sacrament for those who are Orthodox. Okay. So it's not, um, what, so it's not the oil on a Saturday night that I do here. I I've had people, uh, call that oil unction and I said, no, no, it's just a nice anointing with oil. Uh, I know, I know, I know Father Stephen, um, anointed me with oil. Right, and that, and that wasn't unction. Okay. So uh, unction would require, uh, if you were to do it absolutely according to the book, you need at least seven priests. Oh wow! Um, and it's a major, it's a major, and it's a long service. Uh -huh. It's a bunch of uh, gospel readings and epistle readings, and 
Um, there's there's truncated versions, but it's a sacrament such that you would have to, uh, and you don't anoint, uh, you don't do, uh, if someone has passed and you were like doing the service, uh, you do not anoint them with it, but you can basically, uh, if I remember correctly from the rubrics, you can, uh, that service is for those particular people, but you can't just take that oil and then continually use it from then on. It needs to be something that's used up at that, for that particular event. Um, so let's look at, we've got about 10 or 15 minutes and I want us to look at the prayer. So I'm going to start and you guys, you can tell we've got a little bit of ways to go. So, um, Trinity beyond all being, beyond all goodness, beyond all Godhead, all powerful, all vigilant, invisible, incomprehensible. So remember when I said uh, Trinity beyond being and question mark, and we'll come back to that. Well, we're back here uh, right in the middle of it. What does it mean for Trinity, the Trinity to beyond, be beyond all being, beyond all goodness, beyond all Godhead? Apophatic. Apophatic, okay. There, there's a $30 word. You are correct, but you're also wrong. After you die, all right. Hopefully. You're, yes, apophatic is, would be a part of how you would answer this. So, is Chrysostomus going to hasten yeah. an, an answer back there? Uh, well, if I may throw in a little. Um, the point is that we use words such as being, goodness, power in day-to-day life. Uh-huh. And if we mean any of our normal meanings for those in reference to God, they're false. Correct. And so they have to mean something different when we apply them to God. So that so the big word for that would be apophatic, right? And apophatic by that meaning that our word and I, so this would be my like shortened definition. Our words always fail to describe God. It doesn't mean that we can't point like our words are icons, they're pointers. They are never actually f- defining who God is. So the Trinity beyond being means the Trinity beyond all of our understanding of what it would mean to exist because he far surpasses that. He's indescribable. He's exactly, so so you have incomprehensible. Uh, He's a creator, and this is the same at the anaphora, right? We begin as truly meet and right to him, thee to bless thee, and then we go uh, incomprehensible. We say these same kind of words uh, at the beginning of the anaphora uh, that we say every Sunday morning. Yes? So would saying that we're talking about something that is utterly transcendent. Uh-huh. What? Say it again. Utterly transcendent. Yes. Because that's a phrase I think of a lot. I think utterly transcendent, but then I think as soon as we think that we've come on to a set uh, way of talking about it, we probably need to be careful about mm-hmm. what our, even our understandings of transcendence can be. Oh, I don't swear by it. It's just yeah, yeah. No, but yes, utterly transcendent. Be- Sorry, I couldn't quite hear you. Siri, <laughs> apparently Siri thinks that, go away Siri. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> Siri says that she doesn't understand. <laughs> okay, that's, <laughs> all right. I, did I even say Siri? Anyway, that's funny. Okay. Uh, 
creator of the spiritual beings and rational natures, innate goodness, unapproachable light, that enlightens everyone coming into the world, shine also in me, your unworthy servant. Enlighten the eyes of my mind that I may dare to sing the praise of of your measureless benevolence and power. May my supplication for the people here present be acceptable so that my offenses may not prevent the Holy Spirit from being present here. Permit me now without condemnation to cry out and say, Master, lover of mankind, beyond all goodness, almighty, eternal King, we glorify you, the creator and fashioner of the universe. We glorify you, only begotten Son of God, without father from your mother, without mother from your father. For in the preceding feast, I love this, we're now even talking about our feasts. For in the preceding feast, we saw you as a babe. But in the present one, we see you full and perfect man, our God. Man manifest as perfect God, from perfect God. For today, the moment of the feast is here for us, and the choir of saints assembles here with us, and the angels keep festival with mortals. Today, the grace of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove dwelt upon the waters. Again, today, today, today. Today, uh, the sun that never sets has dawned, and the world is made radiant with the light of the Lord. Today, the moon with its radiant beams sheds light on the world. Today, the stars formed of light make the inhabited world lovely with the brightness of their splendor. Today, the clouds rain down from heaven the shower of justice for mankind. Today, the uncreated by his own will accepts the laying on of hands by his own creature. Today, the prophet and forerunner draws near but stands by with fear, seeing God's condescension towards us. Today, the streams of Jordan are changed into healing by the presence of the Lord. Today, all creation is watered by mystical streams. Today, the failings of mankind are being washed away by the waters of Jordan. Today, paradise is open for mortals and the sun of justice shines down on us. Today, the bitter water is once repeat. Moses' people is changed to sweetness by the presence of the Lord. Today, we have been delivered from the ancient grief and saved as the new Israel. Today we have been redeemed from darkness and are filled with radiance by the light of the knowledge of God. Today the gloomy fog of the world is cleansed by the manifestation of our God. Today all creation shines with light from on high. Today error has been destroyed and the coming of the Master makes us for us a way of salvation. Today things on high keep festival with those below and those below commune with those on high. Today the sacred and triumphant festival assembly of the Orthodox exults. Today the Master hastens towards baptism that he may lead humanity to the heights. Today the one who not who does not bow bows down to his own servant that he may free us from servitude. Alright, I'm gonna stop right here. Just to you're noticing this is patristic gold uh, in regards to uh, looking at all of these kind of uh, antinomies or these uh, like paradoxes. They just love to riff on paradoxes. You know, the uncreated is bowing his head to the created. The one who does not bow is now bowing. Uh, the, moon, the, the sun is shining, but also the moon is shining all of its light. Like, you get everything that could possibly happen. The, the, uh, everything above is with below. The below is with above. Everything, uh, all of the tensions that you have in, like, the created world or the uncreated and created. Juxtaposed. They're juxtaposed, but also kind of made into a paradox. Like, all of these things are now, things that shouldn't be happening are happening. Um, today we have purchased the kingdom of heaven for the kingdom of the Lord will have no end today earth and sea share the joy of the world and the world has been filled with gladness the waters saw you O God the waters saw you and were afraid 
The Jordan turned back when it saw the fire of the Godhead descending in bodily form and entering it. The Jordan turned back as it contemplated the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descending and flying about you. The Jordan turned back as it saw the invisible made visible. The Creator made flesh the master in the form of a servant. The Jordan turned back and the mountains leapt as they saw God in the flesh. And the clouds uttered their voice, marveling at what had come to pass, seeing light from light, true God from true God, the Master's festival today in Jordan. I like that, the Master's festival in the Jordan. Seeing him drowning the death from disobedience, the goad of error and the bond of hell in Jordan, and granting the baptism of salvation to the world. We also see here the Paschal elements. Uh, you have the drowning of death and the destruction of hell even beginning in Jordan. Therefore I too a sinner and your unworthy servant recount the greatness of your wonders and seize with fear and compunction cry out to you. Great are you O Lord and marvelous are your works and no word is sufficient to sing your wonders. And this is repeated tw three times. Uh, what is this crying out and recounting the wonders of God where, where would you think about this biblically? Crying out and I guess when he's on the cross, then he's... Yeah. Uh, no, I'm thinking of something Old Testament here. Old Testament. Okay. Psalms? Yes, the Psalms. The Psalms constantly... What, what, what happens right after Exodus? Isn't there a song of Miriam, the song of Moses, which is all of, like, thank God for saving us? Uh, the wor the marvelous works that he worked in Egypt and now has worked in delivering his children out of Israel. Sing to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. There's there's that. Uh, uh, we how, uh, on Holy Saturday, Mark Orman, uh How does Holy Saturday when we have all the readings, Mark? This can you hear me? Sing and exalt him above all forever. We we do the same, just like we did for uh, Theophany. We, uh, at Vespers that we did for Theophany this year because of all the things we had going on. Don't worry about it, David. He can do his thing. Uh, we have the same, the, these hymns that we'll sing about. the. Uh, it's either the three youths in the, the fire that we'll, we'll sing like uh, at um, canons for vigils of feasts. Uh, we have this all, and it's about the great wondrous works that God has done. So we have the same uh, going on here. For by your own will, you brought the universe from non-existence into being. Again, uh, we see echoes of the anaphora here. You hold creation together by your might, and by your providence, you direct the world. You compose creation from four elements. What is that talking about? You compose creation from four elements. Because they would have thought historically that everything was made out of four elements. So there's a historical point there for you. With four seasons, you crown the circle of the year. But it does go mighty well with four seasons and four <laughs> corners of the world. Uh, all the spiritual powers tremble before you. Who are the spiritual powers? It's another way of talking about... Uh, no, angels. Angelic beasts. Uh, <clears throat> They sing, the sun sings your praise, the moon glorifies you. I, I would even say he's, the spiritual powers here might also, angels, but also there's uh, threads in um, early Christianity that will talk about the, the heavenly host as also being, as being represented by the stars and the sun and the moon. 
Uh, I mean, kind of think phenomenologically, if you actually go outside without all the lights that we have on, it looks like the whole, the heavens are full of the host of shining beings. So it's not that hard to see the... Uh, says all the spiritual powers tremble before you, could that not include the demons? I mean, you could. Tremble before the war? Yeah, the, the only reason why I'd hesitate to is because the whole rest of it is all about uh, by, uh, the heavenly hosts and, the, and angels. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't quibble and say, like, you're absolutely wrong. <laughs> but I think the... As you can see here, the all in the it's heavens, the angelic powers minister to you, the choirs, the archangels worship you. What does this sound like? The anaphora, right? Round about you are the cherubim, the seraphim, the six wing, and the eyes who are borne aloft on their pinions. Um, for you, being God uncircumscribed, without beginning and inexpressible, came upon earth, taking the form of a servant, being found in the likeness of mortals. For you could not bear mash in the compassion of your mercy to watch the human race being tyrannized by the devil, but you came and saved us. We acknowledge your grace. We proclaim your mercy. We do not conceal your benevolence. You freed the generations of our race. You sanctified a virgin womb by your birth. All creation sang your praise when you appeared. For you are God who appeared on earth and lived among mortals. You sanctified the streams of Jordan by sending down from heaven your all Holy Spirit, and you crushed the heads of the dragons that, that lurked it's, there. It's got, there be dragons, and then it's got that. What is that? that I, what is that about? The dragons? Yeah. There's dragons in the water. Oh, I guess I'm, I'm really... I just, it's, um, it is a way of talking about uh, dragons, another way of calling demonic and or spirits that exist in places that, uh, especially with water being considered chaos. This is the same, we bless all the waters before baptism, uh, and basically, multiple times, tell the demons to get the heck out. Oh, I think I've seen that, like in Rome. I think a lot of the fountains have maybe. Yeah, they'll, they'll use all sorts of uh, creatures like that. But there be dragons is a way of talking about this theme that it's just become the Wi-Fi password. Yeah, dragons, uh, snake, and yes, snake. Also, like. Um, I mean, like what swallowed Jonah? You can have the, all these kind of like some of these great sea creatures. These uh, they're dangerous uh, things that you don't want around. And Christ comes and destroys them. Or the serpent, and you go back to the serpent period in, in the garden, and then you kind of get the ur image of serpent, dragon, uh, and then in the Book of Revelation you have a dragon that's trying to uh, swallow the 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 Christ child and the, the Theotokos. There's a battle. It's not, it's not unusual to see uh, dragons in the water in icons. Yes. Of, of, of You'll see little creatures fleeing away from Christ as he's yeah. going into the Jordan. Yeah. He's so powerful that they just... Yeah, he destroys, he destroys the bonds of death and also the demonic presence. Yeah. They don't look too happy. No. <laughs> so we get here... Um, I'm just going to read this last paragraph and then uh, we can say a few more comments and then be done for the evening uh, because of time. Uh, Therefore, O King, lover of mankind, be present now too through the visitation of your Holy Spirit and sanctify this water. So we have Christ being made present in the water through the visitation, the invocation of the Holy Spirit. It's the, the, this is the epiclesis. This is the invocation of the Holy Spirit to transform the water. Uh, just as we transform uh, the body and blood. Give it the grace of redemption, the blessing of Jordan, making a source of incorruption, a gift of sanctification, 
a deliverance from sins and averting of diseases unapproachable by hostile powers, filled with angelic strength, that all who draw from it and partake of it may have it, and this is important, may have it for cleansing of souls and bodies, for healing of passions, for sanctification of homes, for every suitable purpose. Uh, the holy water is uh, used often in Orthodox piety, uh, something to drink on a regular basis as um, uh, you have like St. Luke of Crimea, the surgeon of the 20th century saint, talking about uh, the need to drink holy water on a, a pretty regular basis uh, as a way of uh, cleansing, uh, a way of also reminding uh, of your baptism. And then all of the, I mean, water is one of those like light, right? Or bread, oil, wine. You go through scripture and all of these things, even do doors, <laughs> uh, they have all of these things so that the whole world becomes a theophany of God. So the sanctified water is one of those ways in which, um, God comes to us and refreshes us, uh, physically, but also spiritually. So you'll have, uh, there's a pious practice of folks who will take the prosphora bread that they, they give, and they'll basically eat that throughout the week and uh, drink it with a little bit of holy water before they'll have a meal or something like in the morning after their prayers uh, as a kind of memorial of you know, remembering things. Uh, but it, you don't have to do that. That's just one of the forms. Do you have to be orthodox to do that? Uh, to get holy water, well, the little prosphora, yes. uh, uh, you need to be orthodox in order to send those in to be able to pray. Okay. That doesn't mean that you can't give me a list of names and I can't okay. pray for them. Okay. So for you are a God <laughs> who through water and spirit renewed our nature made old by sin. You are a God who, and then now we have the salvation history, Noah, Moses, Pharaoh through sea, uh, you even have uh, Elias who turned Israel from the era of Baal, or Mo and helping Moses with splitting the rock open in the desert. And then we have here the basic uh, putting the cross into the water, and then the everybody gets wet. Any questions about? Theophany or holy water? <laughs> Besides all the questions. Does St. Luke of Crimea recommended drinking holy water? I'm going to need a bigger bottle. Well, that's why you'll see in Russia and Romania and Greece, uh, when they sanctify holy water, they like these huge cisterns that they'll, they will bless. I'm serious. Could I, if I have some holy water and I feel like I want to, something happens, I want to bless my house, can I use holy water? Yeah. To sure. make the sign of a cross someplace? Or just yeah. I mean, I got holy water when I, well, that's when I was Catholic, mm -hmm. oh, um, when I went to St. Augustine mm -hmm. and went to the church there. Mm -hmm. There was a cathedral, I think, in St. Augustine. Yes, the Greek Orthodox Church has it. Well, this was the Catholic. The Catholic okay. Church, in St. Augustine, there's also a large it's shrine. It's it's like those the little plastic bottles. Mm -hmm. they, it's held up for years and years. We have the same. And it's amazing that those hold, but yet my um, godmother, when she came to my house, bless you, when I was Lutheran, she had it in a little container, and it just evaporated hmm. in the water. So those little plastic, mm -hmm. they really hold up. 
Does anyone have any questions about theophany? Besides the endless depth that we can encounter in something like theophany? Did you say already that a number of the prayers that you just read here are also used or something very similar is used in the baptismal service? There's a lot of parallels, yeah. Is cremation, is that... A crema- we, we do not do funerals for cremation. We can do something like Holy Trisagion or something, but we'd have to have a very specific blessing from the bishop too, because we because we need the body. But but cremation, like I guess I guess when because that's not my catechumen is like I guess is cremation is that when I enter? Chrismation. Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully we don't cremate you, (laughs) Janine. <laughs> oh, we want you to be with us, Janine. <laughs> Immemorial, Janine. She she came. She's a catechumen, and there she is over there. <laughs> All right, let's close with prayer. <laughs>